The VPM Daily Newscast is sponsored by Kanawa Capital Management. Your financial life is unique, complex, and dynamic. Kanawa Capital Management's team of credentialed professionals has been helping its clients build wealth and confidence through personalized planning and informed investing since 1989. Learn more at cancap.com. That's K-A-N-C-A-P.com. I'm Benjamin Dolly, and this is the VPM Daily Newscast. Governor Ralph Northam says the state is ready to roll out COVID-19 vaccines as soon as they're available, and he expects the state will rely heavily on the federal government to pay for it. Whitney Evans reports. The Virginia Department of Health estimates the statewide vaccination campaign will cost $120 million. Governor Northam says he believes the new administration in the White House and Congress will step up to cover the cost. Health officials suspect a vaccine will be available by mid to late December. Pharmaceutical companies Moderna and Pfizer both announced promising trial results this week. I have to caution everyone that light is a few months away still. These vaccines will take time to distribute. Until then, we all need to keep taking precautions. State Health Commissioner Norm Oliver says they have 14 sites for ultra-cold storage for the Pfizer vaccine. Moderna's doesn't have to be as cold. Oliver says the vaccine will be limited at first to health care workers and first responders. Whitney Evans, VPM News. Governor Northam also signed a revised two-year state budget yesterday that includes money to stop evictions and utility shutoffs during the pandemic. As part of the package, Dominion Energy will be required to forgive $127 million in customer utility debt. The governor convened a special session to rework the budget in light of the pandemic. That wrapped up last week, and lawmakers will be back in Richmond in January for the regular legislative session. Yesterday, Navy installations in the region began observing more strict COVID-19 precautions. Rear Admiral Charles Rock issued the order. He cites rising positivity rates of coronavirus in the military and among civilians. The new restrictions mean military personnel can only travel between work and home with stops for essential services. They can't eat at restaurants but can order takeout. Sailors can only use services like barbers and gyms on base under the Admiral's order. There is currently no expiration date on the restrictions. Dr. Anthony Fauci discussed this week's vaccine news and the current state of the pandemic yesterday during a virtual lecture hosted by the UVA School of Medicine. Fauci is the director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases. He says people who are black, Native American, and Latino have higher COVID-19 infection and death rates. But Fauci says while 50% of Americans say they plan to get a vaccine, according to Science Magazine, there's reluctance in some communities of color. 40% of blacks say they don't want it, and 32% say they're not sure. And Hispanic, it's 23 and 37. Fauci warned with people likely to gather indoors during the holidays, the current rapid spread of the virus will increase. A Chesterfield County education group is asking the state to help guide school decision-making after the school board voted to allow the final group of students to return to in-person learning. In letters obtained by the Richmond Times-Dispatch, Chesterfield Educators United asked state officials to implement safety measures for the holidays, among other requests. The group said that without clear direction from the state, local decision-makers have been swayed by political considerations rather than safety. Last week, Chesterfield County allowed middle and high school students to begin a hybrid of in-person and remote classes. While the district recently noted that schools are at a moderate risk for transmission, school officials have asked everyone to stick it out as they continue to consult with the local health department. The Board of Elections finished certifying Virginia's 2020 results yesterday. The process began on Monday with the board finalizing several congressional races, but outstanding results from Richmond delayed many others, including the presidency. Now the city's tally is in and all of the races have been certified.
This was the last step to finalize Virginia's elections. Electoral College representatives cast their votes for president in December. Richmond City Council plans to take a final vote on the city's new master plan next month, but as Roberta Roldan reports, one neighborhood is pushing back. Under the Richmond 300 master plan, Oregon Hill would be designated neighborhood mixed use instead of its current residential designation. Charles Poole is a member of the Oregon Hill Neighborhood Association and a resident of more than four decades. Since the area is adjacent to VCU, he thinks a change may have an irreversible impact. Four to six story designation would be devastating to Oregon Hill. It would be like a green light inviting speculators to come in and buy up Oregon Hill for the next big dormitory. Richmond planning officials say even with the proposed changes, they expect large-scale development to stay along the commercial corridors like Broad Street. 5th District City Council member Stephanie Lynch says she'll propose an amendment to the Richmond 300 plan, keeping Oregon Hill's residential designation. Roberto Roldan, VPM News. After a contentious election season, many Americans are left feeling hurt, afraid, and more divided than ever. StoryCorps and VPM have teamed up on One Small Step, a project that aims to connect people across the political divide through the act of conversation. Drew Cleveland is a pastor, and Charlie Bryan is retired. Drew began the conversation with a question for Charlie about one of his greatest influences. Who is the best man you know? Best man I know. My biological dad died when I was eight years old. I saw him die with a massive heart attack. I was only eight, and I knew him, but not that well. We moved in with my grandfather, who was, had a profound influence on me. He never got past the eighth grade, but he was a, a very bright man. And um, he taught me so many things about being, he said, you're Brian, you should be proud of a Brian, but never think you're any better than anybody else. Do you have any setbacks you want to share with me? You know, similar to though you were far younger, I think losing a father earlier in life, you always have these what if questions of never knowing your father as an adult. You know, you only have that child to dad relationship, but you see the benefit of healthy uh, relationships that are of just that transition between sons to become friends with their fathers. Right. And I, I definitely, I think grief is not necessarily a point in time. It's, it just is a part of your narrative and you experience it in different ways. You know, holiday seasons aren't like, Oh, I miss my dad. But the, there are certain like life moments where it was like, I, re- I wish I could ask him this question about how to do this thing. Right now. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, that would, that would be a, a definite setback. How about how about you? Well, having my dad die, I, I sort of have bookend setbacks. Losing my dad at eight years old, he was a brilliant musician and composer, and had studied under Paul Hindemith at Yale and had a piece premiere at Carnegie Hall. And my life would have been—I know had he lived, my life would have been very different. Mm. But that was real hard for years and years. At that age, Father's Days were excruciating. Playing yeah. Dead Days at the Scouts, where it was in almost an embarrassment that I didn't have a father in an odd kind of way. The other setback was being diagnosed with uh, Parkinson's when I was 56 years old. And, uh, you know, I'd been healthy all of my adult life. And all of a sudden, it just like the world had turned upside down for me. And thank God for my wonderful wife and the support of friends. It It's it didn't turn out as badly as it's no fun, I can tell you that. But it's um it's turned out much better than I originally thought it would. Hmm. And um 
I do a lot of work for Parkinson's um, research and I call people all over the country who've been recently diagnosed with it and try and help them cope with it and mm. tell them the world is not over yet. It'll come, but it's not time yet. Was I who you expected me to be? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I do think that there was some subversion of expectations. You're, you're much younger than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> StoryCorps' One Small Step is made possible in part by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting, a private corporation funded by the American people. For more information about VPM's One Small Step, head to vpm.org slash one small step. All of the stories you've heard can be found online at vpm.org news. This has been the VPM Daily Newscast. VPM. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.